Welcome, everybody, to Podcasts and Players, our third episode. And today's guest is another D&D YouTuber, an animator, who tells stories, not just about D&D, but a lot of personal videos. He has collaborated with Maddie Carl in the past and will do so in the future. Please, everybody, give it up for Vitamin Dieter! Hey, hi! Wow! <laughs> Thanks for the intro. I feel and there so you cool. are. I feel that's so that's how we start it. That's right. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, thank you for, for being on the show. I appreciate, uh, you oh, no problem. expressing yeah, interest. It's great it's to be great. here. I want to ask you first, before we get into all the rest of this stuff, mm-hmm. how did you come up with the name Vitamin Dieter? Oh, <laughs> um, it was like, um, it, it was a kind of joke between me and a friend because this was back when, when I uh, was in college, um, we were just talking with like a group of friends and, uh. One of my friends is more of an extrovert than, like, anybody else in my group. And so he was like, you know, uh, us as artists, we need to get out more and get more, like, sun. You guys are kind of uh, up in the – or secluded in your rooms a little too much. You need to get out and get more vitamin D. And I was like, hey, I got plenty. I'm vitamin Dieter. And ever since then, I was like, oh, my God, that's such a good name. (laughs) That is good. (laughs) That's a nice sword. I, I like that story. That's cool. The minute you were like, we need to get out in the sun, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, all right, cool. I like that. And, it, and then after that, it just kind of stuck with me. Yeah, and I like the logo that you designed, too, for your channel, oh, the VD. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It took me a while. <laughs> yeah, it, I can see the work that went into it. It's a really sleek design. It's actually one of the things I really like about your channel is how sleek everything looks. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, let me ask, what led you to posting D&D content on YouTube? Uh, well, for the, the D&D content itself, um, was just more of a, it was a cool story aspect of it. Cause I was posting stuff before I started posting D&D stuff. And, um, that stuff was just for that purpose where I was like, I want to, you know, tell the story. I want to have conversations on this channel. Like I want to post stuff that. Uh, is not only interesting to me, but might be interesting to other people. So after a couple videos, I was like, hey, you know what? I actually started playing D&D kind of recently. And some of the stories that are um, we've made in our sessions have uh, been really cool or I've enjoyed. So I kind of want to tell them and see if I can um, get the ideas across kind of as an exercise for my storytelling uh, abilities and trying to see like if I could animate in a bit of a different style because some of my um, previous videos are very like simplistic because it's just me talking and then kind of like a background thing to show everyone the idea I'm trying to get across and for D&D I was like I have to or I want to um, kind of show 
a bit more background or like my character designs need to be a little bit more complex to just kind of show like different races and such. So I was like, this is a good exercise for me. And it sounds like a lot of fun. So that's kind of just how they like came to be. Yeah, and I'm really glad you decided to do that because I really like those videos. I'm, oh, cool. I was thinking of making something similar of like doing like a, a list of different characters. But I, I don't, you said you started playing recently. When did you? Well, when did you actually start playing? I say recently in the grand scheme of things because like I got introduced to D and D by the same friend that helped me make the the vitamin Dieter, uh name. Nice. Uh, he got he introduced. Uh, me and a couple of other friends he was like hey guys like i'm really up to playing this game and um i had always heard about D for a bit um and i've always kind of been interested but i never had anybody that like wanted to play or wanted to sit down and teach me how to play and so i kind of took it as an opportunity i was like hey if this is the only time i'm gonna have like sure so i went to his house and uh, we played a little bit of D, and i was like this is amazing I want to keep going. <laughs> I don't right. like, I don't know I don't know any of the rules but what we did was great. And so after that I was just kind of like um I got to play more. And so, you know, it was a whole thing where it's like that group didn't really uh play anymore, which is understandable. Everyone's got their own like uh time frames to do stuff. But I really wanted to do it. So then I started um kind of introducing a different group of friends to it. Uh and sorry if I'm rambling. It's just like a, <laughs> no, go for it, man. Uh, the more you talk, and the less I talk, the better. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I introduced a different group of friends to it uh, by being the DM. And um, so I had the same experience with them because I was worried that once I introduced them, they would be like, oh, that was okay. But, you know, I'd rather just uh, continue playing Smash Brothers. And uh, nothing wrong with Smash Brothers. I'm just like, I kind of wanted to get on, in on this. We've been playing Smash Brothers for a while now. Um, and so after, but after I actually introduced them, it like, it was so cool to see the spark in there has to be like, no, I want to keep playing this. And so after that is when I actually started learning the actual rules as to like how you're supposed to play. Cause a bunch of stuff we, I just kind of made up on the fly. I was like, I don't know what any of what you're trying to do would mean with for the dice, but just roll something and I'll say if it was good or not. Um, and then after that, <laughs> you're really winging it. Yeah. Cause I was like, it, it was kind of that whole thing where it's like, we're going to attack. And I'm like, all right, cool. I think that's what those numbers mean. I'm not sure, but just add numbers. So would you say that you're probably more of a role play heavy guy than like a mechanics guy? N- now I am like, uh, present time. I definitely started to enjoy that more, especially like after diving more into DMing. Because uh, I guess I like uh, for the group that I was previously stated, um, another one of my friends kind of took it on himself to be the DM after that. And that's how we all learned the rules. And so I've been a player in his campaign for about two, three years now. Um, we don't really meet that frequently. That's kind of why it's also been like right, going yeah. on for so long. Um, and yeah, for the first two years, I want to say. I was really focused on the mechanics of it. I was like, we just learned the rules, so I want to see how far these rules will take me. And so I was like, how much damage can I do? How much can I, like, manipulate in this sort of area? And, yeah, I was, like, doing that kind of thing because, you know. Nice. <laughs> as a, yeah, cause I, and I know that that's, like, a like a, a min-maxer sort of uh, mentality. but Yeah, you power know, gaming. Exactly. But coming off of uh, video games, that's kind of the only thing I, like, 
new as a goal. Because, you know, when you play games, you're kind of just right. like, I want to be doing as much damage as I can. So that's, that's a very interesting point. I, yeah. I think a lot of people go into uh, tabletop RPGs, people that haven't played them before but have played tons of video games, and then they look at it like a set of statistics and numbers, which right. it is, but, like, it's more than that. A lot of people don't understand, like, it's... It's not a. It's not Skyrim. It's not a collectathon where you collect all the stuff and you're like encumbered because you've mm-hmm. got like a thousand pounds worth of stuff that you want to sell in town and you know you're trying to like. It's 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 an adventure and it's about the story more than anything else. Like yeah, like personally I like the mechanics because mm-hmm. if I'm gonna build a character I want a char- my character to like not die, <laughs> yeah. you know. So having a character that can do some things well, they don't have to be perfect, but like some things they're pretty good at and reliable at. Is really nice, mm-hmm. and it's a far cry from my actual life, where I don't really feel that reliable in every way. Right. Um, having a character that is is really yeah. nice, to, nice to have. And in a sense, you kind of like um, put more bank into that character because it's like, hey, I've actually succeeded a lot, and I want to keep succeeding. So you kind of have that mentality. So yeah, that's how I was for a while, and then I actually took it on myself to DM a couple games. Um, granted, I think a couple of the times I was actually DMing, even knowing the rules, I wasn't doing a great job because I was in the mentality of the power gaming mode still, and yeah. which doesn't translate well to DMing because, like, you the only way you can really power game is like uh, with your uh, player characters, and no one wants to be told how to play. So it's kind of that whole thing where, like, as a DM, I'm like, well, here are some monsters, and then you know like your players are kind of like newer so they're like well what do i what am i supposed to do and you're like oh well you could do this you could do that and granted like a suggestion is great but you don't like if somebody kind of just wants to fool around as a player you should be able to just let them do that like it shouldn't be something that you're like well no you're playing your character wrong cuz that's not a thing in right. D&D it's hard it's hard to I don't know. There's some people that think that like any D and D is good D and D, but I can tell you from experience that that is not <laughs> true. It is <laughs> not true. Not any D and D is good because you can have a terrible DM or some terrible players that will just absolutely ruin the experience. Right, unfortunately, and a lot of people don't like. They think the game is good enough. Mm-hmm. It's not sometimes. Like the game is great when it enables people who are already sort of like they've got like you know. Uh, um, compatible personality types and stuff to become closer together. Like, yeah. the game is really good at forging friendships between people, especially people that maybe you don't know, but you don't you know know how good of friends you could be. Mm-hmm. However, if you're playing with people that are just the way they go about it is antithetical to the way you go about it, it's mm-hmm. just going to drive a wedge between you. Right, right. And a lot of people are so desperate to to be in a D and D campaign or to have their character play like. I mean, you've heard some of the RPG horror stories and stuff, right? Yeah, I've seen some of those videos. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there, and uh, sometimes I'll like listen to them while I animate and stuff. And God, like, it's it makes me very thankful that I have the friend groups that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm sure you're probably in the same position, very thankful right, that you've right. got the people that you're with. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I actually in one of my like late, latest videos uh, as th- of the time of recording this um i made like a couple like just songs that i wanted to make and um 
the last one, I definitely was like, I need to thank my group because I have found a good group. And I think that's kind of why what I was leading up to was that like I DM'd for this group um, and I was so relieved and so like, I don't know, just surprised, but so honored that it was a good group and like everybody there wants to be there. Everybody there is there for a good time. And not only that, but like they um, they respect what I want to do with the story. And I think that's super great because it's like we're telling a story. I'm giving you the prompts, but you're like jumping on that and making it better than I ever thought it was going to be. And so that's kind of what why I wrote that song in that last uh, or in the last uh, little section of my video. I was like, I need to thank them. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with that. Yeah, that was a good video, too. Well, thank it was you. Really, it was very sweet. It, on the <laughs> subject of sweetness, though, I actually wanted to ask you, <laughs> uh, your channel description is come watch some of my stories and random thoughts. I'm going to try to make your day a little better with a smile or a new idea. That might be the most saccharine thing that I've ever read. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask, how important is positivity to you? Because it seems like you very you value that a lot. Well, yeah, I definitely value it a lot um, because it's been something that I've like had to learn as I've like grown up um that things can either be horrible or they could be good and okay or even excellent but like it's really up to like how you see it that determines how you go forward with it because you know we we've all had our challenges and granted like some people have had uh tougher challenges than others but like there's something there that um will always like if you look back on something, it makes you laugh or there's something there that in the moment you're like, but I'm glad this happened or I'm glad I was there with this person. Like uh, when I do that, it's a, a lot of the times it's like someone in my family. I'm like, I'm glad they were there with me because I don't know what I would have done if they weren't there or like um, my friends, especially like I have, I, I really uh, value friendships Um because before I didn't have a lot of like permanent friendships um, because I was moving a lot. But after I stopped like having to move, I actually started making friends and that's or not just making friends, but like keeping friendships. And right. I learned to like really value that. And so that's kind of why I'm trying to be like um, a place where you could come and just feel positivity because it's like if someone is going through something tough, um, and they find one of my videos and they're like, that made me feel good for like a minute. Um, or that made me feel good for uh, a little bit because I was thinking about it. Then I feel like that's like useful in some way. And I don't know if like, granted, there's probably a lot of channels that do that. Or I don't know if I'm not trying to state like I'm a beacon of positivity. I'm just trying to be like, if I can help somebody with this that's good to know or that's good to try at least yeah i mean it's a good mission statement if nothing else and like there who who doesn't want a little bit more positivity in the world like, right yeah there's a lot of negativity i know people thrive off it they like to hear you know hot takes mm -hmm. right that's right. that's a really fun thing to to hear when someone's like hey i have this really uh controversial opinion on this movie actually mm -hmm. it was bad and everyone's like what <laughs> you know they love to hate you know people right, love right. to like get angry about stuff but i don't know i feel like genuine positivity not just like 
I, I think there is a brand of it that's a little bit phony where it's like I'm I pretend to be positive because I mm-hmm. just want to portray an image of myself and it's actually coming from a place of vanity mm-hmm. to a, like genuine like I just want people to feel good and <laughs> that's where I'm feeling from your channel like oh, you well, genuinely right. seem to like are, are trying to to put yeah. stuff out that you know brightens the internet just yeah. by a little bit and I think that's a good thing yeah 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 well that's cool thank uh I'm glad you're like able to feel that for real, man. And also, uh, you have a video about Pokemon Go. Now, I never played Pokemon Go, but obviously right. you're a Pokemon fan. Yes. So you know you know your stuff. So I wanted to ask you, what are <laughs> your top three Pokemon? Is this where you Pokemon? challenge my knowledge? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I just want to know your top three Pokemon and why. Ooh, like, okay. What do you like about them? So my top three are going to be very like similar because um, my, my favorite type is electric type. I really like the color schemes. I really like the design aspects of them. So, like, my favorite one, I I would say, would be um, Ampharos. Nice. Uh, it's it's just, like, a cool design. I really like its, like, uh, hidden... Well, I wouldn't say hidden lore, but I really like the little, like, story beats that they give to it. I like uh, Ampharos. I like uh, Electrovire. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one's just because it's, like, a nice classic that got, like, buffed and i was like "Ooh, that's yes i'm more of that please i like electivire and um ooh, if i had to pick a third one this one's tough um my third one uh i a curveball meganium okay oh the I big dinosaur say. uh plant yeah starter from johto right yeah definitely i just like how like um it's just a big flower and i'm like that's so that's so nice um and the way it was depicted in the anime was just like, yeah, she just cares about Aww. people. And I was like, that's really cool to have around. So, but yeah, I would say that's probably my top three. Good picks. I, you were like, uh, at first I thought you were going to be like, well, I like electric types because I like them when they have all the similar styles. So, uh, Pichu, Pikachu, Raichu, next. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Right, right. Like, oh no. Right. <laughs> this is going to be a quick What one. did I do? I've opened a door to something I didn't <laughs> want to know. So uh, maybe I can counter-ask. What are yours? Well, thank you. That's very polite of you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right. If we're just going, like, leaning into nostalgia for a bit and just design-wise, mm-hmm. Squirtle. Mm-hmm. Not Ooh, okay. not it's his evolutionary line. I'd give him a fucking Everstone and make him eat that shit. <laughs> like, just stay Squirtle. <laughs> I like you as a Squirtle. Right, don't some, grow up. Just stay there. Right. I'll put Just some Kamina glasses on you, and you're going to be my boy, <laughs> all right? Uh, I love Squirtle's design. I love the Squirtle Squad episode. I feel like mm-hmm. I know that they have to cycle through Pokemon every, you know, uh, mm-hmm. series because it's like a new generation and stuff. But, man, uh, I really feel like Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and Charizard should be, like, staples. Like, they should be uh-huh. in Ash's party forever personally um <laughs> right right and then all right second uh very underrated pokemon in my opinion is crobat oh my god no i 100 percent agree with you yeah Crobat is one of my like one of my tops not because... my top three 
unfortunately for like yeah i just stated but like so (laughs) you get it like because when people oh man people used to bitch and moan so much about mount moon (laughs) like i can't walk five feet without running into zubats and i'm like oh yeah you don't know their value yeah you don't get it man you raise that zubat with love and care and it becomes the (laughs) best fucking pokemon in the game yeah 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 but of course during kanto first gen they didn't they wouldn't let you do that which Mm -hmm. is kind of a bummer Mm-hmm. Um, even yeah. in and Fire even then, Red, I was they, kind like, of like Golbat they... was kind of good too, just for its goofiness. But Grobat definitely, I yes, I am with you there. Uh, uh, sorry, but yeah, good, keep going. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, I agree. Like, it, it's a shame that you couldn't evolve him in like Fire Red because Crobat was already in the decks by that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you couldn't get him because it was locked to only the Kanto Pokemon, mm-hmm. and it was like. Uh, how come friendship doesn't work right now? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's so silly. But yeah, where's the power of my love? I need you to grow. <laughs> he looks like a supersonic bat. Like, it's so cool. It's mm-hmm. a cool look. Their stats are really great. If you're like into mm-hmm. the numbers and stuff, they're actually very reliable, and they've got a really nice move set. Like, just uh, love them. All right. Yeah, and especially now. Sorry, like <laughs> I'm just gonna geek out for like one last second. No, no, go for uh, it. Especially now, like, with the current generations when with Fairy introduced, it's like, I have a poison type. And it's, uh, like, probably per- pretty early poison type because Zubats you can find pretty, like, commonly. So it's like, as soon as I find my first uh, Zubat, I'm like, yes, you are mine. You are staying with my party for a long time. Especially because you can learn, like, really good flying moves. But not only that, now I have a poison type to counter any, like, late stage fairies. This is great. Yeah, I that's one of the things I really like about Gen 6 is that they added fairy and then they made poison reasonable again. Mm-hmm. They made uh, dragons a little bit less OP. Just very, right, right. very nice uh, touch. Okay, so third Pokemon <laughs> yeah. is Gallade. Uh, uh-huh. And that, yes, one's, that one's maybe a little more obvious. A lot of people love Gallade, but mm-hmm. I just, I played with, I don't know how I got a, a hold of them. I think I probably <laughs> just swap Pokemon from game to game, but I played mm. black and white two with a Gallade. And okay. then I got like a Ponyard and got a Bisharp. And I'm like, Oh, I'm making knights. I guess I'm just going to have a bunch of knights. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it was theme. very cool. So when I saw that new, uh, sir fetched, I was like, mm. Oh, another night. Sweet. Like <laughs> all I want to do is make party. like a party full of knights. And then that'll be my, <laughs> yeah. my per- uh, perfect Pokemon party. That'll be my six. Yeah. Uh, I had kind of that same moment um, in the most recent one, too, when um, I evolved Toxtricity because uh, he's just like this punk rocker, like just being, <laughs> I guess. Um, and so I was like, oh, my God, wait, Toxtricity plays the bass or the guitar, depending on which form you get. Um, Rillaboom is the drummer. And I've got Obstagoon as the main singer. It's like, I just need two more. Where's my X-Plowed? Where's my speaker? <laughs> I'm there almost. So it's like, yeah, I definitely had that moment too. So I get where you're coming from. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just looking it up right now because I haven't played Sword and Shield. Oh, okay. Uh, so I haven't seen, I haven't even played the Alola games. Like I have mm. not seen a lot of the mm-hmm. new games recently, okay. but um, I'm, I'm hoping at one point, uh, soon that they'll like make what i think would be the perfect pokemon game 
Mm. If I can just, if I can dive, uh, yeah. small tangent here. Okay. Um, <laughs> but before, actually, before I do that, I wanted to ask yes. what your favorite generation is and why. Ooh, see, that one's tough because um, I would say, okay, the answer that pops up in my head the fastest is probably Gen 3, um, Ruby Sapphire. Really? Yeah. And I think more than anything, it's the um, the feeling of like, uh, there's a world to explore and only because I started uh, with gold and silver. I didn't start with blue and red because when blue and red came out, um, I not only was like not really in a position where I could have a Game Boy, but more than anything, I didn't really understand what this was or like what was going on with uh, Pokemon in general or just like games really. Well, no, that's not true, but Pokemon in general, like, I wasn't aware of its existence that much at that time. And so when Gold and Silver came out, I was uh, finally able to, like, ooh, I have a Game Boy, and, I like, I've been really interested in this Pokemon thing, so I want uh, uh, Silver. And so I got Silver, and I played it, and that was my first Pokemon game. And I was like, this is really cool, and I really like this, uh, and I played it a lot. Uh, and so when Ruby and Sapphire came out, I was like, this is what I love, but it's new and it's more. And so I actually had that feeling of like a new frontier to go to. Okay. And yeah. And so I think that's why that one would be my favorite one. Because that's when I first had that feeling of like brand new Pokemon, brand new region. Everything is new, but I still love all of this. That's fair. I, so so where my tangent was going to go is actually uh, taking elements from all of these different generations and combining them into one perfect, like, mm-hmm. game. Mm. So I know there's this uh, contention online about, like, the national decks not being available in right, Sword right. Shield. I won't get too much into that. But for <laughs> me, personally, a, a perfect Pokemon game obviously would have access to all available Pokemon mm-hmm. and all the new ones, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be a thing. Right. Um. All evolutions are available immediately, meaning like nothing's <laughs> soft lock. Like uh-huh. you don't unlock the next decks and then you're able to do a thing. Like uh-huh. you can just get everything you need if you have the means to. Mm-hmm. Um, the bad guys mm-hmm. uh, are like compelling. So again, <laughs> right, right. Not not talking about Gen Seven and Eight because I haven't seen them yet. Okay, but um. One of my biggest gripes about Gen Six mm-hmm. was the were the bad guys team Flare mm-hmm. were awful, mm. just the worst. Like that. Oh man, Gen Gen Six. Like they they improved the mechanics by adding Fairy type and they had Wonder Trade and all these really cool mechanical things I really liked, which would also go into the perfect game. Uh-huh. Uh, but you have this this bad guy team that are not compelling in any way and they're dorky and weird and like they're not there's no like what do they do what is their purpose <laughs> i think it's to it was follow this just, guy with this yeah. strange hairstyle which i guess is a thing in pokemon everybody's got a strange, yeah, hairstyle. Got a strange hairstyle but he's like he's the strangest whole, he's one but here's here's what's weird his one goal is different depending on what game you get so if you get um x mm-hmm. uh it's to live forever but if you get y it's to destroy everything and neither of them really make any sense. Uh-huh. Like for this guy, like it, uh, it really pissed me off. There's like another story moment that really pissed me off. Oh, okay. But as a counterexample, mm-hmm. like every, you know, I mean, although uh, honorable mention, Team Rocket. Everybody loves Team Rocket. Mm-hmm. It was the I first. Think the, the reason we do is because they're just the mafia. 
What is their goal? <laughs> yeah. To make money. To make yeah, it's that's yeah. Simple. Well, I mean, the mafia's real. Like people do want to make money. Like that's yeah. very relatable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. like, I get that. And a lot of people wanted to join Team Rocket when they got to Nugget Bridge. Like mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. It's fun mm-hmm. to be the bad guy. Um, but Gen Five had Team Plasma. Mm-hmm. I loved Team Plasma. Mm. I thought that's actually my favorite generation to okay. answer that question Ooh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that story was super compelling. They show up in like the first town outside that like the hometown that uh, you leave, right? And they're like doing this like public thing, kind of like have you ever seen uh, Legend of Korra? Yes, yes, I have. So remember when she first gets to Republic City and like the guys talking about the Equalists or whatever? Yeah, yeah, it's like that. They're right. like. If you really cared about Pokemon, then why are you keeping them locked up in Pokeballs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's humane? Like, you guys are the good guys. You love your Pokemon so much, you keep them locked away in a little tiny ball on your belt. And yeah. they're going to just be happy for you. And that's totally fine. And everyone's like, well, maybe that is wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I like these bad guys because it kind of makes sense. Uh-huh. You know, like, yeah. why would you keep your dog on your belt or whatever? Like, that's yeah, not yeah. right. Right. And, then, and, of course, you've got, like... Ash, who's always got Pikachu out of a Pokeball, so right, yeah, yeah. So you're kind of like in the in the mindset to be like, wait a minute, this kind of makes sense. And their whole play is like it's all political. Like the guy wants to take over. He doesn't want to destroy the world with eco terrorism, like in Gen mm-hmm. Three. He doesn't want to rule the universe, like in Gen Four, <laughs> or just mm-hmm. look for their missing boss in Gen Two. Like he wants to, <laughs> uh-huh. he wants to take over, and he does. Like he convinces enough people to give up their Pokemon. That there's right. weak resistance, and the only people that can resist, the gym leaders and the champion, all get defeated because right, he's got right. these legendary Pokemon. And so, and then it's like over. Like you can't, mm-hmm. uh, you can't say like only you are the only person that can stand up to him. That's like the whole crux of the story. But yeah. still, like it worked. He like actually did it. And then it, if it wasn't for those meddling kids, like <laughs> you would have. Well, I don't know. Right. I liked that story. I thought that was cool. So yeah, my perfect Pokemon cool game would have all of those things. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good story. And then, like, you fight the first people and they send out a Pokeball. You're like, well, maybe this would have been a stronger message if you weren't hypocritical, but... Right. That's a good point, too. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. All right. I I didn't want to go too much into Pokemon, but I never get to <laughs> talk about it. And I, I love to talk about Pokemon. Yeah, I don't definitely. even play it that much. I just, I have very strong feelings. <laughs> no, yeah. I If I get started on Pokemon, I could go for a long time. So yeah. let's let's shift gears. Yes. This is my last like question specific to like your channel, which is okay. what is next for your channel? What are your goals for this year? Okay. So what's next for my channel? Um, I def I definitely want to start. I definitely want to keep making more D and D content. Uh, because that's fun, and I really like um the people that I get to like. I guess share the experience with um and not just like playing D, but like making videos too because i mean like um we started talking and i was like oh that's really cool like i get to make a connection with somebody um that also likes D and like isn't just in my like area and then i made a connection uh with another youtuber um that i made a couple of like videos with so far and so i think that's really cool that it's just like D D's not only bringing me together with other with people in my area but like people that just like it in general so i definitely want to keep that going and then i also want to just make like little um random videos that i want to make if that makes any sense 
um apart from that too because it's like i definitely i definitely like D, but i don't want to have like just a stretch of time where i just make that content because that honestly would be really like i don't know about this if this is the right word but that would be like easy for me because uh, i have a lot of stories that i want to tell because like it, you know i've kind of been holding on to them and i have a lot of things i want to discuss with uh people like be it uh in the channel or like anywhere else and that's cool i'm just kind of holding those back because you know like it's that kind of thing where if someone talks about something for a little too long it might get a little like uh annoying and so i'm trying to like hold a little bit of that back uh and then kind of sprinkle like random videos and also because i feel like that what's the word um produces a little bit more imagination too because if i kind of limit myself to be like you're not just gonna do this um then i can be like okay well what else am i gonna do and that makes me think and makes me come up with newer ideas and so like that uh and i'm sorry i keep referencing it uh but that video i did with the the songs i took some royalty-free songs from YouTube's audio library and I just wrote lyrics to it. And I was like, that was fun to make. And I don't think I would have made that if I just made more D&D stuff. And um, so I think that's what the direction of my channel is going to be. Kind of like just some sprinkles of like interesting videos and then D&D stuff for now at least. Where it goes, I'm not sure because it's kind of like still relatively new. And I want to see what I like, and I want to see what my viewers like. Okay. That's actually a good point. I was um, listening when you said uh, that it pushes you to be more creative, to not, you know, to not just stick to one thing. It forces you to think outside the mm -hmm. box. I think that's actually a very good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, because the channel is about you. Yeah. It's named after you. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's it's not necessary it doesn't have to be all one topic. It's whatever interests you. Right, and, right. You know, maybe your audience at the time. So that's actually a very good way to look at it. Well thank you. No worries. Alright. Uh so now we've reached the end of my questionnaire. So now we could just mm. we could just chat, man. Cool. Uh, you tell me about um like uh your your favorite character the one that you're playing right now it's uh, a half orc oh you yeah told me earlier uh his name is Boone <laughs> and um I wasn't like sure how it was gonna go when I made him and the more I've been playing as him I'm like I love this character <laughs> and I don't know what I'd do if I lost him. So I'm kind of in that mindset when as a player, which might be a little detrimental to the DM, but I'm trying to be like, look, I want to uh, bring this character to fruition to see what like what happens to him. Because he's a half-orc who um, was previously uh, a barbarian. And as his like time kind of came to a close with the troop he was like uh, walking around with, he was approached by like a traveling monk uh, woman and this monk woman was like, Hey man, you don't have to be bad. And so Boone was like, wait, that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> and so after that, he was like, Oh, if that's not, that's what I'm going for then. Like what, what am I doing? And so like now he's a, he's a barbarian monk uh, character. And I think that's such a cool thing. Cause I'm like, uh, th this character is like he gets angry because he's raging 
but at the same time he's like um doing all of this super like um enlightened monk stuff where it's like i can run on water but i'm also very angry <laughs> and so it's i was like that's such a cool like uh juxtaposition for a character and so like i really like him yeah that's I, a hard multi-class uh, to pull off mm-hmm. De- yeah um luckily i was able to talk with my dm and so we kind of like figured something out to be like okay well you know you'll use this stat um for doing that kind of stuff and so we were able to just kind of like tweak it to so it's uh enough play like it's playable for me and it's also like good for the dm we were able to talk that out um that's good yeah, yeah. i think it's that, that i think that's always important like talk with your dm because we unlike in the game we can't read minds so you know if the players are kind of uh struggling with something something as a challenge and they don't talk to their dm then the dm's not really going to know so they might not like something that's in the game that the dm is like not even aware of and he's just like well you know that was there and uh, let's keep going then i feel like that might lead to a lot of those like previously stated rpg horror stories where um it's like a a lot of the times i'm listening to those and i kind of get frustrated because i'm like this could have easily been solved if someone just talked to somebody yeah i mean nerds what's up with us we can't communicate or something i know it's it's almost it's almost like we're so shy or something we're like bad at talking yeah yeah I mean, also, like, if you just talk to your DM, like, beforehand, Session mm. Zero style, like, hey, uh, I actually did this with the monk. Um, so, you know, the uh, the um, uh, Way of the Four Elements yeah. subclass? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I wanted to make, like, a water-based monk. Mm. I actually have this really cool character that I came up with. She's a, uh, a water genasi, and I wanted her monk class abilities to reflect that she has power over water. So, I was like, all right. Can we, I went to my DM, I was like, can we homebrew this a bit? Because mm-hmm. the way that it's set up now is not very good. Like, it's <laughs> a pretty bad build. Uh-huh. And it also came out before Xanathar's Guide. So uh-huh. now there's all these elemental evil spells that are out yeah. that are not incorporated into that subclass, which doesn't make any sense. Okay. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, why, if I'm in a Way of the Four Elements monk and I can do Water Whip and all this other stuff, how come I can't spend key points to cast Tidal Wave? Oh, because mm. it wasn't out when the book came out, right? <laughs> right, right. So, like, we we actually worked together. Like, I created a, a draft and sent it to him, and mm-hmm. he said, maybe change these things, mm-hmm. change those things, and then we had it. And mm-hmm. that's, like, now I have – he has a copy, and I have a copy, so mm-hmm. he knows what I can do and what I'll be able to do at certain levels. So, right. like, the DMs are already prepared. He knows what I'm doing. And it's not OP. It's just balancing it out. It's right. like it was already underpowered. Now it's evenly powered with everybody else. Right. Yeah, because so it's like, like it has to be fun to play too. Right. And like, you know, listeners, if you're thinking about like, let's say you're in a in a group that only does buy the book material and you really don't feel like you're getting the like you're able to create the character that's in your head of the vision that you have or whatever options aren't quite doing it for you. Talk to your DM and try to work out a way to homebrew stuff. You don't have to go on like, uh, what is? Do you know that website? I think like five E. It's D and D Wiki, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that stuff's always broken. You can go there <laughs> for inspiration and then just make up your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like try to just swap out abilities for maybe something slightly more powerful because 
if you can like if you can demonstrate like the ranger for example right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like if you can demonstrate the ranger is not as good as other classes then i think a dm would be okay with you swapping out certain abilities right, for right. different things yeah especially it if it's like a conversation between the two of you right 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 instead of trying to trick the dm yeah i know this loophole and i'm gonna <laughs> exploit it and then like the dm's like no you can't do that but the rules is written say like well why didn't you just you know, it's like trying to be sneaky. I, I, yeah. I get there's a bit of satisfaction there when you like get to pull the wool over people's eyes, mm-hmm, but that mm-hmm. should be done more. I feel like that should be a role playing thing, not a mechanical thing. You, yeah. Mechanically, you should probably like keep an open be line clear. of communication with your DM. Right, because it's kind of like if you, if I could bring it back to like, imagine if that was something to do in uh, like a video game. It's like if the video game is set with these rules and these like controls that you learn throughout the entire game. And then all of a sudden, like you're faced with just a, like an enemy, not even a boss or anything, just a random enemy that breaks all of these rules. It's like, that would be frustrating. That would be like, wait, but everything I've learned, like is just broken now. And that doesn't matter to me. Like I'm just supposed to deal with it. So I feel like that's like um, can be transferred back to the DMing side where it's just like it's this isn't you didn't like win like this is just something that you did that's going to cause me problems uh, as a DM because now I got to deal with this in like uh, an open area with like other people now like because if I allow this then there's precedence for this being allowed and so my other players might be like well you allowed that and it's like well no you can't do it. Why did he do it? And then it just creates a whole bunch of problems. Right. So like nip it in the bud yeah. early and like nerf mm-hmm. it if you gotta. Like there are some spells that I've been in games where people have decided that they should nerf it. And like mm-hmm. I might not agree, but if the DM says, "Hey, in my campaign from this point forward, this spell doesn't do it like this. It does it like this instead." Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, you can. It's your choice to stay in that campaign. Most people will because they enjoy it enough that they'll deal with <laughs> right, this right, mechanical right. loss or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I feel like that opens up the dialogue because if the DM comes to you and says, like, hey, I feel like this needs to be nerfed, um, and you agree, that's that's great. That's, like, problem resolved. But if you keep playing it and you, as a player, because <laughs> this is, a, a like, a silly lesson to learn, but one that I feel, like... Um, people need to learn is like the one that's of uh, the player and the dm aren't playing the same so the dm might not understand that you as a player with that nerf spell actually it's not worth casting anymore because of how nerfed it is in many situations so then i think that with the open dialogue that you had previously like talked about you can go back to the dm and be like so listen i've been playing with this nerf spell for like five sessions now and i gotta say like it just doesn't feel right it feels like it's not worth casting maybe i should change the spell if you don't want this spell to do that much damage maybe i can just get another spell or we can like tweak it again so i feel like that's just something that everyone should be able to do yeah agreed and and also i think chances are good that most dms want to see cool stuff yeah if personally if you come to me and you're like listen I've got this idea for like uh, playing a martial superiority whatever fighter, mm-hmm. and I want to a martial master. That's right, and I want to like have a technique where I can cut through iron bars mm-hmm, with a mm-hmm. sword. Can I have a technique that does that? 
Mm-hmm. And I would think about it, and I actually did that with with a character. Like mm-hmm. I made a way to spend more than so. Like most uh, techniques, spend one superiority die, and you can do like a special thing, like a disarming right. attack right. or whatever. Well, I had special techniques. You could do them once a day, uh-huh. or not not once a day, but like you had it would you would spend more than one superiority die. Ah, uh, I see. So like you'd have to expend a lot. Meaning if you spent too many like pairing moves and doing all this other stuff, you wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. do the technique. You'd be too tired or whatever. Right, right. So it, there was one. It was called like uh, uh, steel, kind of like steel wind strike or whatever. It, similar name before <laughs> Xanathar's guy came out. And like, you could, uh, you basically make an attack with advantage on an object, but it had to be an object, not a creature. And then you'd uh, expend all those die on it. And chances are it would be enough if it was like bars or something you could cut through. If it was like Uh a cave wall, maybe that's a little Uh too many hit points. You wouldn't be able to (laughs) get through. But that way... You you know you'd have enough damage that you could reasonably get through most thinner materials, uh, whereas like big thick things like unless you rolled max damage it got extraordinarily mm-hmm. lucky it wasn't gonna happen. Right, where it's like there's a chance. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. we both agreed that it's a good compromise, and it's like mm-hmm. something cool can really happen, but it's not gonna happen <laughs> every single time where it breaks a game. It gives us the right. chance that it could be happen. It was worth definitely worth talking to the dm for so like don't don't be afraid of trying out homebrew stuff with your dm if your dm is absolutely against it um and doesn't want to ever do that kind of stuff and they're very strict rules as written then you need to think about how worth it is it to you to not have those options and play in that campaign and if it's not worth it you might have to look for a new group Right. Or you can just be like, okay, I'll save these ideas for like a a different session. Maybe this session. Yeah. Like maybe this session or this campaign, rather, I will see what I can do by the book. Um, If you feel like staying in that group is worth to you, uh, worth it, then I feel like, yeah, okay, I will play simply by the book, strictly standard. And then any ideas that I have, I'll save for like a campaign we have after this one or a different campaign that I start with other friends or something like that. Right, just mm-hmm. shelve that character, cause that I mean, it sucks when you really want to play a character and you feel like you have this chance, and then you can't really. Oop, my phone went off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can tell I like Pokemon. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> uh-huh. Like it sucks when you have this really cool character concept, you really want to play it, but if the DM isn't allowing your you know, ideas mm-hmm. for this character because they're like, well, this is, you know, in this campaign, everyone's a human or like mm-hmm. in this campaign, uh, resurrection spells don't work that way. Mm-hmm. Like whatever their, their homebrew rules are, which is completely up to them. Yeah. Like you then need to maybe think, all right, would it be worth it to play a gimped version of this character that I really love? Or maybe just mm-hmm. put it away for now, play something else. Mm-hmm. And then later on, Eventually, you'll be able to play that other character. Yeah, and I've and done that with like the character you actually ended up playing. You really like, so yeah, like, it's something that's worth trying out, I guess. Um, yeah, and then like I think, because like I think one of the homebrew rules I made recently, one of my players is a, a dragonborn, and um, as a dragonborn, he can breathe uh, electricity like once a day because he's a blue dragonborn. And recently, we got into this one section of game where. He wanted to use it. Um, he wanted to use his breath weapon, but I like it was in a situation where he wanted to use it just to kind of show off, sort sort of like a performance thing. And um, I told him, "Yes, you can absolutely do that. 
you just won't be able to use it later on in the day because it's once a day. And so I and then that made him be like, okay, well, then never mind. I won't do it right now. I'll save it for like a fight. And I won't I, I, I will lose this role playing opportunity in order to do a, a combat opportunity later. And I really like that felt really bad for me, too, because I was like, I feel like I took this away from him and I feel like he would have had a better time had there been a rule that states like you can just do that or like anything like that. And um, so I what I house ruled was as the Dragonborn. You have control over your breath weapon. You can still use it once a day, but um, you can store it. So I told him if he finds uh, glass bottles, large glass bottles, he can breathe into them and have his breath weapon be in that bottle and just store it for that day. If like it didn't get used, um, then he just has it. So he's like walking around like clink clanking with like he's got lightning in a bottle. He's got lightning in a bottle. Yeah. So yeah, he's got like these little clink clanky bottles he walks around with and he's like, I can use them whenever I want and I don't feel like I'm wasting this one thing. So that's what I'm saying where it's like, yeah, just, you know, we're playing this game to have fun. Let's have fun. Yeah, so, and also, yeah. let's be real, the breath weapon isn't that good. It's all right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's not, you're not going to break the game by letting him have multiple instances exactly, of it in the day. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, like... um you know, it's it's powerful for, like, maybe one or two levels. Um, or, like, level one or level two. But since it doesn't scale with your level, it's just left at a flat D8 one time. And it's just kind of like, eh, that's not... And I don't know if it has to be a D8. I don't know if I got that right. That's I just think, off the I top of my head. I think it might scale with your constitution. Hmm, okay. I think the DC scales, yeah. Oh, so like D- it okay. Yeah. I thought it, it was like really do much more damage, but it yeah. it's harder to resist after okay. you get stronger. I think. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like I. I kind of with like a glance of it, I didn't see that the damage really scaled. Uh, maybe it does, but maybe not that much. But, but I mean, you can also say that when you put that lightning into a bottle after <laughs> you level up, it doesn't get that benefit because it's art from when you were weaker. Mm, right. Right. Oh. Right. Right. Well. Yeah. See. Like this is kind of what I'm saying. Like these are like ideas that we're bringing up that weren't thought of before (laughs) like at least by book so i think that's really cool because it just kind of leads it adds so much flavor to your campaign and it's like if you didn't talk with anybody that wouldn't have happened so yeah yeah i mean you sometimes you gotta just like you gotta just let go uh, as a dm (laughs) i know it's really hard sometimes you want to control everything get on my goddamn railroad all right this is the my story express but like you really need to not do that so much sometimes Uh like you know i mean you know this i'm more talking to to listeners here who might Mm. uh feel like they need to uh, box Mm. them in like i i understand that like it's it's really devastating especially when you write a big like a bunch of lore big story mm-hmm. and then they just decide that they're gonna hang on to this one npc <laughs> and then they're gonna like do something completely different right right and if you're not good great at improvising that can be really tough yeah and, and that's why they have all those tables and stuff that you can roll random encounters off of and stuff mm-hmm. but as long as you review what's on the table first right just right, start right. going oh Damn. a beholder uh, attacks our level <laughs> three party you know like but yeah. I mean I mean it's also like this is 
it's practice. I've been in campaigns, or, or not campaigns, but like short, like one shots of people uh-huh. who wanted to test out DMing, and they weren't very confident in their skills. Mm-hmm. And like we would we would play, and then like a a person or like one of the players would do something that kind of subverted their expectations for where the story was going, or where right. like, and and they got kind of like mad, mm. and like. And so, like, I, I get that. I, I completely understand where they're coming from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you also it, – it's it's you're practicing even when you're doing it for real. Like, you're always mm-hmm, practicing. Mm-hmm. Even the best DMs are always practicing. No one's, like, perfect at DMing. Mm-hmm, Maybe mm-hmm. with the exception of Matt Mercer, but I'm not going <laughs> to – you know, I'm not going to say for <laughs> sure because he hasn't ever DMed me. So Yeah, yeah. I have no experience <laughs> with it. Uh, it's like, if you want <laughs> – just take it out there it's like hey we're free um <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know just for like kind of how you're saying for like anyone that's listening um to our like opinion just some guys talking if you want a dm like if that's something that's interesting you or interesting to you rather it's from from my experience what i can say is that the best way to learn is to gain that experience like to just go and you're gonna have a couple times where like you you don't know what you're doing. You're going to have a couple times where it's like, that didn't feel like a great session. And it's just like, I feel like you need those moments to kind of understand what a good session is. Because, you know, you can watch all the videos that are like, oh, this is how you DM. And granted, those are helpful because it's like, I didn't know about this one stat or I didn't know about like um, a, what's the word? Like a not a combat role but like when competition role something like that like when two people are rolling against each other oh yeah yeah like i didn't know about that or something so it's like it's helpful in that sense but i don't think many of the videos are going to be able to tell you like in this very specific situation that you're in when one of your uh player characters actually wants to do something completely different than what you thought it was going to happen this is what you do and it's like you can either just wing it and be like okay well you know, this is what they want to do. So I can't just say no or really just depending on what the situation is, because, you know, some situations actually do call for you to be like, no, you can't do that. And, and then you have to learn when that situation is, because if it's a no, you're you're not writing my story. Then I feel like that's not the best way to do it. But if it's like a character that or a player that is clearly trying to like ruin not your story but like the campaign for everybody else then i think that's when you're just like hang on let's not do that now like yeah there's a lot of nuance involved mm-hmm. it's never i mean it's seldom uh, have i ever played with someone whose goal was that i have played with a couple people like mm-hmm. that in the past but like mm-hmm. uh most people that i play with aren't trying to you know make it harder for the dm on purpose maybe mm-hmm. they're just like they're trying to figure out a solution, and maybe they they haven't figured it out yet. So they've come up with something you just didn't consider, and that happens all the time as mm-hmm. a DM. And then a lot of times, like it's it you know, like I said with nuance, like you are not just balancing mechanics and stuff. You're also like kind of mediating a table of people. Yeah. And and it's especially hard to do that, like because a lot of almost all of my games, I, th- I would actually say the majority of my games are not in person. They're almost mm-hmm. always on Discord. So okay. it's hard to you don't see people's faces. Like yeah. you don't 
you don't know exactly what's going through their mind. All you are doing right at that moment is hearing their voice. And sometimes like it can be hard to like interpret what their intent is based on that alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So as a DM, I think that uh, my, my advice to give is like, just give your players the benefit of the doubt. Try not to think that they're like out to get you or, or (laughs) undermine you. And if, if they are, then you need to have a talk with them. Yeah. But, like, don't necessarily, you know, go, like, and accuse them of that. Like, mm-hmm. just try to roll with the punches and see if you can, you know, salvage whatever situation you're in. Because I guarantee you, like, nine times out of ten, that's going to be more useful for you. You're going mm-hmm. to learn more. And it's going to be a, a – it's going to take a, an instance that could be sort of not fun and make it fun again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because I've been lucky enough to where, like – um most of my games are in person and I kind of like um, I kind of try for that to be the case because I've had some games where it's online and um, I have personally found that with when I play online, it kind of takes some of the nuance away, kind of like what you're saying, where it's like you can't really see their faces. So you can't really read their emotions or kind of what they're feeling. And not only that, but like, it feels like everyone is a little bit more like low energy because they're just kind of at home sitting in front of a computer or anything like that. Um, and pers- personally, um, that's what I have found. So that's why I'm saying where it's like from experience, you can only get better from your experiences. So it's kind of like some people might have amazing games online. Um, that's not my experience. So I prefer to have like games that are face to face. Um, I might have an amazing game online later and then be like, oh, I was wrong. And I think that's completely like open to I feel like that is something that you need to be able to do. Be like, oh, I was wrong about that. And now I know. And henceforth, going forward, I will now like make new or better decisions based on new knowledge from that. Right. It's all growing. It's all learning. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, like, just have fun with it. I guess <laughs> if you want to yeah, boil it's it a down. Game. Hey, <laughs> yeah. believe it or not, it's a RPG, which stands for role playing game. You yeah. know, I mean, that's the at the end of the day, that's like what you gotta gotta remember. It's mm-hmm. it, this isn't a business meeting. This is not like a you know school test. Like you don't. <laughs> there's no pass or fail. Like listen, and by the way. I'm not a great DM. I'm not like <laughs> trying to talk up how great I am. Like I'm really not. I do not have the experience necessary to think that I am anywhere near that. But I know like every single time I've ever DM'd, I've thought about it afterwards. Like what did I do right? What mm-hmm, could I mm-hmm. change and do better next time? Mm-hmm. And like that's how you grow. That's that's what DMs need to do. You just have to constantly think, all right, what went well? What did they like? What did they resonate with and respond to? And like, what do I need to do for next time to kind of keep that good feeling going? And like, right, maybe, right. you know, or, or throw them for a loop or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can approach it. But if you're, as long as you're thinking about it, that's really the most important thing. Like trying to figure it out and be self-critical. Yeah. A lot of those RPG horror stories are DMs who just don't <laughs> grow and change. Uh-huh. And, they're just yeah. they have this idea and they want to do this idea and then you know and you're just you're part of their world mm. it's not a collaborative thing like you're in their yeah. universe you know 
Yeah. That's it, not really fun. Where it's like uh, the, the game is supposed to be that collaborative. Like people are sitting down at a table to play a game. Like it's literally that because like when, you know, when we were younger and when we would go outside, it's like, hey, guys, you want to just play like pretend or anything like that? And it's like, yeah, we'll play pretend. And I mean, that's kind of basically what we're doing. We're just sitting down at a table playing pretend. With so, rules. Yeah. <laughs> with, with rules. die yeah. rolls that determine stuff. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's organized pretend. Exactly. And I love that, though. <laughs> the the thing that I really like about role playing games, I think my favorite part, is the the die factor because mm. when you know if 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 you don't feel in control, that's actually not a bad thing because you're mm-hmm. not in control. But if you feel like the DM is just doing everything, that doesn't feel so great either because again, it's their yeah. world, not yours. But if the die are in control. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. if it's luck of the dice, that means nobody's nobody's pulling the strings except fate, and I love that because that <laughs> right. means that like big villains can have stupid moments, or mm-hmm. little uh, inconsequential characters could just completely become super important because of some die rolls. Like you never know what's going to happen, and that's what's mm-hmm. exciting to me. Um, I think one of the reasons I really latched onto it early on was because I was playing in a very like lethal <laughs> campaign. <laughs> My first video is about that campaign where my character basically died the second session. So, oh, you know, gosh. like, and that was my introduction. And I was hooked. I was like, you know what? I had a lot of fun. I want to play this again. <laughs> right, right. And then I was all about survival. Like, I got to make the right decisions. And all around me, people are dying left and right. And, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it was extremely enjoyable because at any moment, you could make a wrong decision and that could be it for you. And everyone yeah. just understood that. We all just kind of knew that that was a risk. And it wasn't mm-hmm. that the DM was trying to kill us, but he mm-hmm. put real threats there. And then he gave us warnings in the world that we could, you know, either heed or not heed for those threats. And we could handle it the way we wanted to handle it. He wasn't throwing stuff at us. And if he ever did, mm-hmm. it was like there was always a way out. Um, mm-hmm. But it was kind of up to us to use our heads and figure it out. And, you know, sometimes up to the die to have mercy on our souls and sometimes the die did not and it it felt fair though it felt okay because it's like uh-huh. well i guess it was their time you know that's it like oh yeah. i made this uh, barbarian and the minotaur crit him twice and cut off his head oh, i guess gosh. i can't play that guy anymore I'm yeah play somebody else well that's the end oh well yeah so i guess like i i do uh i want to ask you this one question how do you um as uh, DM, how do you feel about uh, DMing behind the screen? Like uh, having the screen, like having a screen separate players. like the roles. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I've realized I tried doing that for a while, and mm-hmm. I would rather because the thing is when you get like a crit or like high damage, people look at you mm-hmm. like you are pretending, and I don't <laughs> like that when people look at me like I made uh-huh. that up because I'm trying to kill them. Uh-huh. So right. I will always do attack rolls and damage rolls out so that they mm. see it. So when right. they see the crit, I could put both my hands up like, hey, man, <laughs> oh, well. it's the will of the die. I didn't fucking, you know. But uh-huh. if um, if it's like a, like a persuasion or an insight or something like that, I feel like those can be secret. Like mm-hmm. they don't need to see those rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it just depends. I usually have a, a a DM screen to kind of give myself an area more than anything else. I don't even. Yeah, really... I think I think that's kind of where I go to it too, where it's like the DM screen for me is more of like, 
I need an area to write notes. I need an area to read what I've written like beforehand. Uh, I need my monsters to like be here. And I think that's really what I do and like, or why I do it rather. Um, Cause I, I roll dice behind the screen, but that's more because there's like, I don't want to like intrude on the space of my players because since I play most games like face to face, we end up sitting like at a table. So I'm like, you got, I know what it's like to sit at that table because I've been a a player and a DM. Um, And I know that it's a little like, Hey, I need to put my character sheet here. I need to put my dice here. Like I'm kind of setting up my area. I have this limited amount of space. So like, I'm going to find where I can put things. And I don't want to be the one to be like, okay, but now I'm also going to put like a dice tray here for my rolls or like, uh, even if it's like a communal dice tray to be like, everyone roll this in here or something. I feel like it's getting in the way of like the battle map or it's getting in the way of somebody. So I'm like, if I can have my own little area, I think that's what I'm going to do. That's... And I feel like that's more what I why I do it. I, I, I understand that. But don't you don't you just feel great about rolling like. 8d6 right in front of everybody like here you go it's coming right at you oh man i mean and then have them count it up why don't you uh why don't you do some math and count that up for me and tell me how much it is thanks you know i don't know there's a little bit of like being a dm you know you can have fun with it like you can Uh throw uh some big dangers at your your players right, right, without right. intending to kill them, just right, throw them right. for a loop, make them think fast and loose. Like, yeah. Oh shit. What do I do? You know, like that, yeah. that get, makes it exciting for them. Uh, mm-hmm. usually, you know, like you'll get some, yeah. I, every player's different. Everyone's going to act differently. But like, if you're in, right, right. if you're with friends, that's one of those moves. That's like, Oh, this guy over here. Why do we agree <laughs> to let him be our DM? You know, <laughs> like that's fun. Right, right. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's a it's yeah. a fun thing to do. It's not like a, it, it's yeah, really I, and I can I can definitely see that. Um, because and uh, going going back to something you said where it's like, uh, session zero, and I feel like that's a big important thing too because like uh, I in the campaign that I'm running now, I had uh, a session zero, and I think that's the first time I've ever had a session zero, and I feel like that's kind of why I really like this campaign because from my session zero I made it very clear to my players I was like the things are going to happen that you might not like based on roles and um I want to tell you that like it's not my like plan for like those things to happen because like it's the dice roll and I'm not in a position where it's me against you like I'm not wanting to kill you um, so I just want to let you know like that in general. And, um, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Like, it's not, I'm not going to shame you for not knowing something. Um, you know, like it's an open environment. And I feel like that was like, uh, really important. So that's why I think, um, I'm also in the position where when I'm behind the screen, I tend to kind of like use language that's, kind of separating myself from the creatures so like a lot of the times it's like okay well that was your turn now it's the creature's turn i don't say like it's my turn because i feel like that kind of adds a little inception of like it's me i'm going i'm attacking you right when it's like no it's like the world is attacking you in this situation 
not me because I don't like I'm not trying to get on your bad side or I'm not trying to like make your character fail in his endeavors. It's just that this is what's happening now. And it's an organic sort of situation where you've made enemies of these people and this is what they're going to do. So I feel like that might be important too, like the words you use. And yeah, like, I don't know. I, I know we're going back, but I just felt like I kind of needed to say that too. No, I think I think that's really important. And I also think that we're kind of nearing the end of our little mm. uh, a little podcast here. All right. This has been cool. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like an hour. It feels way <laughs> less than that. Right, right, right. Yeah. That, that's what I was like, ooh, boy, um, I could go on. But, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I guess I'm just going to have to have you on another time, I, I suppose. <laughs> for that's sure. I mean, means. yeah, anytime, just let me know. All right. Well, I'd thank be, you all for, up for it. Uh, coming out to this podcast from your computer chairs. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Vitamin Dieter, for agreeing to oh, be definitely. my guest this month. And uh, you all should check out his channel, Vitamin Dieter, on YouTube. He also has an Instagram, at Vitamin Dieter. Mm-hmm. Check him out. He's got a lot of stuff coming out this this year. Yeah. Very excited to see it. Help him out. Subscribe. Oh, click that. And <laughs> smash that bell button so you get <laughs> notifications. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Ding that bell. Uh, hit that like. Do all of the things. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for having me, uh, Cool Boy Shane. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> this, is, this has been really fun. <laughs>